0: Hello, my name's Mike, welcome to Watch It Baptist Church Online, I'm the pastor at WBC. You join us here for the start of a new series where we're going to be looking at creation, its significance, it's important to us, uh, the way we interact with it and the way that we recognise it as something of who God is. This series is going to be taken uh, forward in a slightly different way from normal. So you're going to have a little bit of me talking about some of the biblical understanding and theology. And then we're going to ask Ruth Levitt to pick up on some of the ethics that flow from that. Ruth spent some time completing a course in understanding a Christian interaction with creation. And one of the things we asked her to do was to feed that back to us. And this is part of how she's doing that. So we're going to be looking at uh, a verse in Romans 1, as well as keeping an eye on Genesis 1 as well. And then we're going to be talking a little bit about how we recognize God in his creation. Before we go any further, though, let's pray. Lord, we come to you confident that you made the creation around us and that it is good. And we ask that we would allow that goodness and your creation, your project, your creativity, to be rooted deep within who we are and how we understand you. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read from uh, Romans chapter 1, reading verse 20, and it goes like this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. It's important to remember that part of what Paul is getting at here is that we are not able to claim that we see no evidence of God if we look around us at the creation we're surrounded by. I'm down at Dunster Beach um, uh, at the minute behind some of the chalets and, and by the lake here. And it is stunning and very bright and sunny and beautiful. And around me, there are all kinds of examples of how humanity interacts with that creation. There's a good chance that you've heard a tractor that's doing a on the field back there. You may have heard the uh, whistle from the railway over that way as well. There is, uh, over that way somewhere, um, some kind of power tool being used. But you would never know all of that from what's behind me. And what behind me, Paul says, is evidence of the reality of God. It's important as we dip into Genesis 1 to remember that at no point in Genesis does the writer feel the need to try to prove God's existence. It is assumed. And you wonder whether that's because the writer thinks, well, how else could everything that's around us have have been here, have come to be, without God present in it? when we do go back to Genesis 1, we see something very important, which is that God's voice brings about creation. Now, I don't know what your favourite creation thing is. It may be lakes like this one. It may be high mountaintops. It might be cascading streams. I do love a good stream running down a hillside. Suck off a waterfalls completely. (laughs) However it is that you feel is the most interesting or exciting or beautiful thing about creation there are always things that jump out at us even with my computer so the the company behind the operating system that i use likes to put up beautiful photographs for me to look at and i frequently stop and check out the thing it's showing me and feel inspired and that it is beautiful and paul says there's so much evidence just in creation For knowing that God exists. The thing is that God made things, he made lots of them, and as he made them, Genesis 1 tells us, he felt that they were good. Now I don't think, from what I understand of God, that what he did was compare what he'd done to some kind of mark scheme, like you get an exam or an essay, and say, did that meet the brief? Instead he made things and they were beautiful and they worked well and they gelled together. And he could see that what he had done was good, it was pleasing. Interestingly, perhaps he didn't say it was perfect, but maybe that opens the possibility that God made the things he made so that they could grow and develop like we do as people. Humanity isn't what it was 500 years ago. Perhaps we. Grow and develop, and perhaps that's part of being good. But God is really into making things, so much so, in fact, that it is through God's Holy Spirit that Jesus is made. You look at the Luke account uh, and a Matthew account of, of the birth of Jesus, the Holy Spirit's intervention in Mary's biology brings us Jesus. God makes things. He's really into physical stuff. There is a misunderstanding based on Greek philosophy that says that the spiritual is separate from the physical. I think what we see of God in creation doesn't back that up at all, that God is really into creating things and physical things. Now we know something of what it's like to do that. I've recently been encouraging my daughter to teach me About painting with acrylics. I cannot claim to be particularly good at it but I do enjoy it and I am proud of what I've done. I've got a a Sunset Over the Sea acrylic painting that hangs on the wall in my study because I feel proud of it. I know there's a lot better technique out there than mine but it still feels really good and it reminds me that when I was a bit younger and my children were smaller that they would sometimes do something arty or crafty uh, either at home or at school and they bring it back and show it to me and I was proud of that and I looked after it I'd stick it on the fridge or there's one thing that that um, my eldest did that's in a frame again in my study on the windowsill I was proud of it and it wasn't me that had done it it was her I cherished the thing that she had created and I cherished the thing that I've created that sunset picture in acrylics so when I create something, I want to look after it. And when somebody I love creates something, I want to look after that too. That thing in the frame that my eldest child, uh, my daughter, did for me, um, particularly I think it was her father's day, in that frame is now, oh, more than 15 years old. But it's still every bit as precious now. God's already into physical things. He made them and He made them good. And we are part of that. So we are not standing aside from creation saying, oh, look at all these things God has created. We need to be able to be in creation saying, I'm part of the good things that God has created. They include me. So I'm never looking at creation, I'm always being in creation. To be separate from creation is to somehow separate ourselves from things that God has done that have been done for us. To be separate from creation is to to draw a line between the way that God made me to be and the way that God made the world to be. But it's the same God with the same love and the same creativity. I have been knit together in my mother's womb, Psalm 139 says. So actually the care that God showed in creating Everything around us is also given to creating us ourselves, creating me and you. So what does this mean for us? Well, as soon as we try separating ourselves from creation, we're essentially separating ourselves from the one who made things. Imagine if my daughter brought home that, um, it's a a bird, this piece of artwork, it's a bird. Um, Imagine if she brought home that picture of that bird and I'd said, well, it's not that great, really, is it? But, but that's not surprising because you're only five, and you know I will uh, recognise the effort and thank you for the thought, and then I'll put it in the bin because it's not that good. That would be creating a separation between me and my daughter. It wouldn't just be about the work she's done, the creativity that she's involved in, it would be about separating myself from her. Similarly, I, I, I love to write, I write poetry. If I write something, and I cherish it. You wouldn't expect someone who loves me to come along and tell me that it's awful and why am I keeping it and shouldn't I throw it in the bin? That wouldn't happen. I would expect those who love me to care for the thing that I've created. Now, if God has made us and made creation because we are part of the creation he's made, then our response to creation should match our love for God. If we trust God, then we have a sense of belonging with the creation as well just going back all the way to what Paul said Paul said that creation testifies to God's existence and to what he is like it testifies to the kingdom and we know that's the case the kingdom of Jesus is often described by Jesus using creation patterns and activities and things like harvest and sowing So actually, Jesus chooses to use creation to illustrate what the kingdom is like. Creation is something that we are with, not separate from. And we learn about God's voice by being within creation. Partly, we learn about God's voice by listening to and and paying attention to the rhythms that God has given us in creation. Whether that's daytime and nighttime, and so we sleep. If we're not working unsociable hours, we look at the six days uh, of work and the one of rest that God said this is part of how creation is going to be functioning. And we learn about God's voice by paying attention to that rhythm. We pay attention to God's desire that the rhythm of the seasons gives us holidays. And it does. Even Even in Leviticus, there's a sense of festivals being developed that would mark points in the year when the community would stop and celebrate together. So in all those rhythms and in all this beauty and in all the ways in which we identified ourselves as being part of creation, we recognise that what God has made is good and that he cherishes it, and then so should we. So... When we think about those key questions, the key instructions that Jesus gives us to love God and to love our neighbour, we might want to ask, how do we love God when it comes to creation? And I think it's very simply this, we love God by loving what he loves. So in all that he's given us, we love this to show that we love him. Let's pray, and then I'll hand over to Ruth. Lord God, thank you for creation. Thank you for everything that you have given us and shared with us. Would you help us to cherish it because we are part of it and to cherish it because it's important to you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you, Mike. And also I want to say thank you to Watch It Baptist Church for enabling me to do the Careers Course which was um, in Christian Rural Environmental Studies. I've had a love of God's creation for as long as I can possibly remember. And then as I've progressed into my adult life, I've had such a desire to care for that creation, to do whatever I possibly can um, to make steps to, to protect it. And I've also wondered how this fitted with my faith, with my beliefs, with what God said and so actually doing this um, course just came at a perfect time for me to be able to start to understand some of that more deeply, creation care in relation to God's word. The course involved loads of different modules, different things, but the culmination was a dissertation and the focus of that was um, the church, children and nature and it's quite a lot of what I've written in that dissertation is which Is what I'm going to share with you over these next four weeks as I said I've had a a love of nature for as long as I can remember but sometimes in that caring for nature um, it actually becomes quite challenging and maybe drudgery as we think of things that we can do to help, as maybe we go into the shops and we're trying to consider what we buy, what we don't buy, how we buy it, what packaging it comes in, and then we consider things such as our waste. How do we get rid of it? How do we never bring it into the house so that it doesn't have to go? And so actually, um, I think that as you get older, some of that wonder and some of that excitement about nature gets lost. And then as we're trying to care for it as well, Um, It just becomes another job to do, another thing on the list, which is quite challenging. So where I actually would like to start with our time is to think about how we can come back to that place of awe and wonder, how we can rediscover God in creation. While I was doing my um, dissertation, I came across all sorts of Um, Quotes that all basically said the same and that is that you won't protect what you don't care about and that what you don't care about, um, sorry, and no one will care about what they've actually um, never experienced. So it's that sense in which um, if we've never understood the environment in which we live, if we've never come up to a place where we've thought that's amazing, that's beautiful, there maybe inside we won't have that desire to protect it maybe you can think of somewhere close to you that you really love maybe you can think of something from childhood and how actually if anyone came and said they were going to do anything were they going to build on it uh, were they going to take it away were they going to fill in that beautiful pond where you remember seeing frogs and and um fro- uh, frog spawn and tadpoles how would you feel about that is actually somewhere which we know and we love, like um, Mike was talking about his daughter's artwork, something that you know and you love, someone you care about, actually that is something that you want to protect. So actually time spent outside in the natural world um, helps us to love it more and to understand something more of our creator, something more of God. There's a book by a man called Richard Louvre and it's called Last Child in the Woods, and uh, while he was doing some research for that book he spoke to a lot of adults and a lot of the adults that he spoke to said that actually it was in their childhood that they had the most amazing encounters with, um, with God in nature and actually that was the beginning of their spiritual journey and that uh, it's grown from depth to depth because of those encounters. So, how can we have those encounters if we don't go out? <laughs> Another thing that Richard Lee said was, the extent to which we separate our children from the Creator, from creation, is the extent to which we separate them from the Creator, from God. I'll just say that one again, the extent that we separate our children or ourselves from creation is the extent to which we separate them from the Creator. From God. As that brilliant verse says in Romans, there's something of God within the skies, within nature that cannot be denied. And uh, if we're not maybe taking the time to spend that time outside, then we're maybe losing out from having that those moments of awe and wonder and seeing God. One thing that I love to do is to watch my garden change as we go through the seasons. This is my garden, <laughs> That's where we are today, and uh, to see how that we go from bare leaves to blossom, uh, bare trees to blossom, um, and leaves and then fruit, and how things progress. And I love coming out each day and seeing how things develop. We've Lived here now for almost 15 years and it was a very bare patch when we came and it's just been brilliant to plant things and to see things grow. This apple tree wasn't here when we moved in and uh, last year was our best crop of apples on it. So watching things develop is brilliant. But I also love going on the same similar walk um, each as many days as I can in the week. And as I do that walk, I can see how things grow and how things change and how things develop. Now, I must confess, there are times that I've gone through and I've just thought, it's nothing very exciting. It's all just the same weeds and uh, those same sort of wildflowers that are everywhere. But actually, over this year, I've really taken time to watch them, watch them develop and actually get down really close, take photographs of them, especially if there's bees or insects that I want to photograph so I can try and paint them later to get down really close and to observe them and then to think actually I, I don't know what that is I don't know what that plant is I know it's common, I see it a lot but what is it and then to come home and to look it up and to discover what it is and actually in doing that now I actually love going and looking at some of those, what I would call weeds, some of those everyday flowers because I actually know their names and I know how beautiful they are when you get up close. I've also been really fascinated to read some of the medicinal properties that are involved in them as well, actually, and what they can be used for. And in those moments, um, I actually feel such a sense of awe. Like, this is amazing, God has created this tiny, tiny, tiny flower. And and everyone's going to pass it by, but it's still really important to him. But also, I love to to get up on the hill and to look at the view and that huge expanse and think, this is amazing, this is huge, this is big. God created it too. And those moments can really turn your heart towards God in praise and in worship. Sometimes we can be quite concerned about whether loving things in, in the natural world is actually wrong. I think that's something that's often been said, we don't, we mustn't worship things. And that's right, we mustn't worship the things, we mustn't worship the grass and the trees and the sun and the moon. But those are things that can instill worship towards God. That as we see them, that they uh, stir up wonder within us, they stir up praise And uh, we can turn and we can praise God and we can thank him for his creation that brings us delight because he made it. And and as uh, Mike already said, it was good. It brought him delight. He sat back and he looked at it and he was pleased with what he had made. So maybe you're hearing this and you're thinking, well, yes, I know, I always go out and I love the nature and I love how it makes me feel, but maybe I don't do it enough. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I, I don't quite know whether I feel like that or not. And I just want to encourage us to train ourselves to take moments daily. Weekly, I think more often than weekly is good. But to take moments to spend in creation. And, and one of the really good things you can do is create a sit spot, which is a place that you go most days in all weathers in all seasons, and you start to watch um, how things change and emerge and develop, that could be your garden, um, that maybe you can in the winter you can observe it by the door. Um, or it might be a favourite walk that you always take. Or it might be a place you actually go and you sit, maybe a place where there's a bench or you can take a rug and you can sit on the grass. But just spend those few moments observing the things around you, observing how they change and giving thanks to our God, to our Creator. Thank you.